Welcome to Prosedia. Today is Thursday, the 1st of February, 2018. It was on this day in 1884 that the first part of the first edition of the Oxford English Dictionary was published. In those days, it had a much wordier name, a new English dictionary on historical principles founded mainly on the materials collected by the Philological Society. Eventually, the title was simplified to the Oxford English Dictionary. The dictionary had been conceived decades earlier by a group of London scholars who belonged to the Philological Society, an organization that studied language. They were disappointed in the quality of available dictionaries. They formed an unregistered words committee to find words that were missing from dictionaries and intended to create a dictionary of those words. As they did their research, they came up with a list of seven major issues they found in existing dictionaries. Issues like history of obsolete senses of words often omitted, inadequate distinction among synonyms, and insufficient use of good illustrative quotations, all areas in which the Oxford English Dictionary would eventually excel. The London Committee found so many missing words that they realized a book of those words would be much longer than the dictionaries that already existed. So, they expanded their vision and opted to create a new, definitive dictionary. It would address all seven areas where they found modern dictionaries lacking, and would include a comprehensive list of words from Anglo-Saxon times to the present day. In 1858, the Philological Society officially approved the project. When the Oxford University Press took on the project, they estimated that the dictionary would be four volumes long, 6,400 pages, and take about 10 years to complete. Five years later, the first edition was published, but it only covered from A to Ant. The project timeline had to be revised. Ultimately, the Oxford English Dictionary was 10 volumes long, 15,490 pages, and took nearly 70 years to complete. It was published in its final form for the first time in 1928. It's the birthday of the poet and novelist Langston Hughes, born in Joplin, Missouri, 1902. He went to Columbia University for a year, but then he decided that he wanted to learn from traveling instead of books, so he traveled to West Africa and Europe. He moved back to the United States and got a job working as a busboy in Washington, D.C. One day, he left three of the poems he had written next to the plate of the poet Vachel Lindsay. Lindsay loved them and read them to an audience the very next day. Within a few years, Hughes had published his first book of poetry, The Weary Blues. He became a pivotal figure during the Harlem Renaissance and started to write poetry influenced by the music he heard in jazz and blues clubs. He said, I tried to write poems like the songs they sang on 7th Street, songs that had the pulse beat of the people who keep on going. Hughes was one of the first African-American poets to embrace the language of lower-class black Americans. He said, I want to write for the people who have their nip of gin on Saturday nights and are not too important to themselves or the community, or too well-fed, or too learned, to watch the lazy world go round. And here's a poem for today, Wonder and Joy, by Robinson Jeffers. The things that one grows tired of, oh, be sure, they are only foolish artificial things. Can a bird ever tire of having wings? And I, so long as life and sense endure, or brief be they, shall never more inure my heart to the recurrence of the springs, of gray dawns, the gracious evenings, the infinite wheeling stars. A wonder pure must ever well within me to behold Venus decline or great Orion, whose belt is studded with three nails of burning gold, ascend the winter heaven. Who never felt this wondering joy may yet be good or great, 
but envy him not. He is not fortunate. Wonder and Joy by Robinson Jeffers And that's all for Presetia. My name is Karim Elazhari, and remember, tell beauty you think so.